We are Brock and Sindri, and that means you are listening to or watching Brock and Sindri Games. Um, and this is one of our very first videos. Yep, so today we're going to be going over our, our personal top five favorites slash most influential games. Um, so these are our personal favorites. Um, so it's just an opinion-based piece. If, uh, if any of you disagree, feel free to comment on it. And with that, sit back and relax, and we'll get straight into it. Um, let's talk about our top five games of all time. Um, why don't we yeah. start with your number five? Okay, so my number five uh, is kind of a recent pick um, from last year, actually, is God of War 4 for the uh, PS4, obviously. Um, I find that this game, it's, it's probably one of the better games on this generation. Um, yeah. I wouldn't put it in my top three, but definitely I think it, it, it just made the top five at my number five slot because of the great storytelling uh, graphical fidelity and just all of the um, gameplay mechanics that they managed to squeeze in on what I considered to be near the end of the uh, this generation's lifespan, they somehow managed to raise the bar even higher. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with everything you said there. Um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic game. Um, easily the best one in their series and I think probably possibly the best one on, on this generation. Um, in terms of yeah, storytelling and, and everything they tried to accomplish, it was massive, and, and it didn't let me down at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, yeah. So uh, what, what's uh, what's your number five pick? Well, uh, so almost the same title, but actually slightly different. It's actually Gears of War, the original one. Um, okay. Yeah. And and you know the sort of reasons for for my pick, uh, like graphically, it was pretty amazing as well. Um, it's sort of that sort of brown browny gray tone um but it really fit the you know the environment um it revolutionized a lot of stuff in gaming i think it was on the um unreal engine it was the first time i actually played the game on the unreal engine and just the way that they had put in the, the cover system um you know and and like it was a good story it was some some, some good gruff characters but it was just how cool you felt playing as like marcus phoenix this this just just badass dude um and being able to like chainsaw aliens um, was pretty cool as well. So I, I just think the way they put those games together, um, for me, my, probably my favorite like shooting game, if you like, like out and out shooting game, like ever. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I think that it's it's one of the few where I'm genuinely kind of interested in the story behind like the locusts. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not too in depth in in the Gears of War lore, but definitely like it's one of the few games where I'm kind of interested in the in the enemies that you're like mowing through with literal chainsaws on your guns. So. Yeah, and you know it's one of the few games I think in the world. You know, there's a lot of games where you're like humans against like an alien or whatever, or that there's this post-apocalyptic world that it creates where there's not many people left. Yeah. But there's not many games where you genuinely do feel it, and this is a game where you do feel it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I could easily talk about the others in the series because it's a really good series as well. But, you know, suffice to say that, like, you, you, yeah, you do. You, you're like Alpha Squad or Delta Squad. I can't remember which one now, but you're one of the squads. And you basically, you know, you, you, you're desperate for men, basically. You can't, like, you know, it's, yeah, like, you really do feel this world where the, the humans that are on this planet have been absolutely ravaged by this, this um, invading locust. Um, and then later on, when you start to hear more from like the Locust Queen, 
like you yeah she's a, it's a really good villain basically like it's really good it's got everything that it needs but i think for me it was more just the feeling and sort of revolutionizing the cover system and stuff that's why it was so enjoyable yeah i that's i think that's a fair enough call i think out of all the shooter games it's definitely one of the most interesting to me as well yeah and i tend not to be into shooters so yeah well, likewise i mean i could you know like I don't know if we're gonna like if we want to talk about honorable mentions, but you know I wanted to put a shooter in there because there has been like a lot of good ones. It's not my preferred genre, but when they get it right, they are fun. Like I could easily have talked about Goldeneye or or Halo or yeah. you know um, some of those. Um, but for me, the one that changed the game was Gears of War. Yeah, I think Goldeneye must make it to a lot of top tens. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably, and I think the one drawback for me on Goldeneye, one of the reasons why I probably didn't put it in is, is like I never had an N64 personally, so it was only reliant upon, you know, if I was somewhere where we could play it elsewhere, um, and also, um, and this is not the game's fault, but the N64 controller was like, there's too much going on for me, it was like, there was, yeah, it was, it was too awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an odd shape. Anyways, um, should we move on to number, number four? Fours? Number yep. four, yeah. Okay, so my number four is uh, a pick that I'm sure is on your list somewhere, but maybe not this uh, this low. Um, so my number four is Fable: The Lost Chapters, okay. um, um, including Fable Anniversary, but that wasn't the greatest uh, port of a of an older game. But I have played both, so yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's probably still one of the best RPGs ever made. Probably one of my favorite, um, as as it's obviously on this list. Um, yeah. I just enjoy the the world building, the the weapons, the the magic spells, like just the fact that you can go from like literally a farm boy <laughs> to yeah. basically whatever you want. You can become like you know the the pinnacle of good or the pinnacle of evil in you know over the span of the game. And actual years go by in the game. Like you go from a young lad to an actual old man by the end. And I just yeah. I, it's it's some of the concepts in the game are very uh, they still have yet to be explored in in the modern. Uh, in the modern climate for games and it's i don't know i think a lot of them should be revisited in uh, new titles i agree i think you know i so yes it is on my list i'm not gonna yet reveal um yeah. where it, it, it hit on my list but it but it is um and so i'll, I'll save some of what i've got to say for for, for then but yeah. something that i that, that you know i want to say about this one is is really um it it, it kind of achieves something quite special in my eyes where you know even at for the time it wasn't the biggest rpg in terms of map um i mean it had a lot of weapons it had a lot of different armor choices which a lot of them looked pretty similar let's you know let's be honest um yeah so it wasn't like the most expansive game in the world um however it was one of the most alive like each of the npcs in there like had their own like what i thought was great reactions to you you know depending on whether you were sort of more good or more evil, like you could walk, if you were like good and you had the halo and everything, you could like walk down, you know, the streets if you like um, and get cheered by, you know, the yeah. random locals or, you know, if you were like evil and you had the flies hovering around you, <laughs> you'd walk down the street and, you know, they would boo you or run away or, you know, um, and just the way like when you could choose your name, like as chicken chaser, you know, and you could get like the NPCs going chicken chaser. Do you chase chickens? Like it's just little things like that that just made this game, like truly feel like, it, even though it wasn't massive, it was 
you know, everything you did affected everything that happened within the game, you know, and, and yeah, so I, I think number four is, is I can understand that. Um, for me, yes, it is a little bit higher um, and we'll get to that then. But yeah, I think it's a fantastic game. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, I sort of slightly missed when it uh, when it was like coming out. I was a bit too young when it was when I was first here. So it was sort of like I was sort of revisiting it almost when I when I actually played it. Um, yeah. But, you know, without a doubt, it definitely deserves a spot in the top five. Um, yeah. Many of the systems that it includes just, you know, should be <laughs> revisited in new RPG titles for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can agree with that. Okay. Um, so what about, uh, what about your number four? Okay, so my number four uh, is, is I've, I've had to put it in there. I couldn't say no, because this is our favorite game. This isn't necessarily the best games, you know, according to us. Yeah. This is our favorite. This is a personal um, list. This is opinion. So. Absolutely. So this, this is actually the hardest spot for me in terms of my list. And, and you'll see why when we get to, you know, my top three. Um, there was a lot of that I could have put in at this number four. Um, but I've gone for Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. Um, okay. I just think that simply, like in simple terms, I think it's the it's the greatest platform, you know, game or side scroll or whatever you want to call them of all time. Um, I've always been a fan of Crash over, well, any others. I mean, I know Mario and Sonic, but particularly Mario is well loved. I was never a big fan of Mario, you know, it was just it wasn't for me. Um, and I think you know, out of all the Crash games, like Crash Two was for me the one that just. To just aced it. It just got it perfect. Everything it needs to, to, to do. Um, each boss level that was in there was perfect. Um, you know, it was. It didn't try and overcomplicate the controls at this point. They, they'd added in like the slide or skid or whatever you want to call it yeah. from the first game. That was the only, like pretty much the main extra bit apart from like the body slam, you know, like the, yeah. Um, so, or the belly flop, whatever you want to call it. So there wasn't too much added extra, but it wasn't enough to, to make it better than the first. Um, with actually quite a respectable storyline for a platformer as well, um, and as a, yeah, I just I just thought it was yeah, the, the, the it soundtrack isn't, it isn't as just, well. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the Crash Bandicoot soundtrack is so iconic. Yeah, I mean, like there's, there's this, these missions, so or these missions, these levels where you're in like the sewers, and the music yeah. that they come up with in the sewers, like in particular, was one that always sticks in my mind, yeah. and I could just never forget it. It's just I, I just find it a fantastic, like just a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, and, you know, even to this day, um, when they re-released it with the Insane Trilogy, um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, you can still get hours and hours of great entertainment from, uh, I think. So, yeah, for me, for me, my number four has to be Crash Bandicoot 2, which I think is the best in the series. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with that. I think it's, like, in my opinion, it's by far the best, uh, like, 3D and 2D platformer, because obviously, like, parts of it, you're sort of going left and right, but other parts, you're going back and forward as well. So it's it's, like... Yeah, it was it was very uh, revolutionary at the time, and also it's still super fun today. Like I've played through the whole yeah. Insane trilogy, um, and it's just yeah, it 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 still pods pretty well to to you know the current day as well. So I I can't yeah. really disagree with you there. I think it's uh, newfound success with the Insane trilogy. Hopefully, means that we'll get more crash related. Uh, well, reboots well the they've future. already announced this year, I believe, coming out is um, a reboot of the team racing. racing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, uh, you know, just 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 quickly touching on, I mentioned about Mario, and like the, for me, the best Mario games were Mario Kart. But for me, Crash Team Racing was always more fun and better than Mario Kart as well, because again, it didn't try and do overdo it. Like they had good tracks, they had good characters. It wasn't like just ridiculous. Um, 
in my opinion. Um, and it was also on, you know, obviously on a console that I had and that, you know, worked well as opposed yeah. to like Wii or, you know, other Nintendos, which I'm, you know, okay, I'm a gaming fan, but I'm not a big Nintendo fan. Sorry for everyone that just um, died a little bit inside when I said that, but that, that's just, that's just me. Um, so yeah, for me, yeah. like, as I said, I, there's others that I could have talked about, like Abe, you know, the odd world games were really great back in the day. Um, you know, but yeah, Crash Bandicoot, but and yeah, I think they, for me, this, that one is the best in the series. Yeah, I think like with the Abe games, then they're, they're not quite as, uh, I don't know what the best word is, but I guess revolutionary as, as the Crash games. The Crash games sort of, sort of carved their own path, whereas the Abe games, while they did have some, un- some pretty unique systems, like, you know, controlling people's minds with, with farts and that sort of stuff, it was, um, well, yeah, and they also the had the different. Yeah, well, they also did have the different like talking options as well. So they did try and incorporate yeah. a bit more. And you know, again, this isn't this isn't a, 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 a thing to talk about the A games at the moment. But just yeah. as a touching point on those, I, I didn't think they were platformers technically, but they were also like problem solving games. Yeah, they were um, more puzzle games. I definitely. Yeah. Definitely well, just just to quickly say, I don't know if again if we're going to do too many honourable mentions, but I was so close to having Tomb Raider. The original Tomb Raider is my number four, um, but. I just, yeah, I just think in terms of favorite, like, yeah, Crash is just so easy just to pick up and play whenever and then come back, you know, come in and out without, you know, worrying so much. Yeah. Um, which is why for me, yeah, number four on my favorite list. All right. Um, I think that's enough about Crash. Do you want yep. to go on to number three? Yeah. Okay. So my number three is um, a specific game from a trilogy of three. Um, and it's okay. definitely my favorite of the three. Um, this one being Mass Effect 2. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think our lists w- are going to start looking pretty similar. So. Yeah, so I, I would have put the whole trilogy if I could have, but obviously, you know, uh, Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 3 obviously get an honorable mention spot, but if I if I could only put one of the three on the list, it's definitely got to be Mass Effect 2, in my opinion. Okay. Um, okay. So multiple reasons. Uh, the main one being just the, the, the sheer um, intricacies of the, the squad building that you, you get in Mass Effect 2. The squad is, is the largest out of out of the three games, I believe, uh, larger than Mass Effect Three as well. Yes, I think. that's right. That's right. Um, obviously, not all, bigger isn't always better, but in this case, I think every single squad mate was had a had a pretty interesting backstory at the yeah. very least, um, um, and they all came with their own uh, loyalty missions where you could get them. Uh, obviously, the whole trilogy has this, but um, the loyalty missions where you can you know get them to to fully trust you and work with you properly. Yeah. Um, and the just the the whole the whole story of Mass Effect Two I found was was extremely enjoyable after the you know after the roller coaster of the first game, um, shit starts hitting the fan even more in this one. So yeah. yeah, I just I couldn't not put it on the list. It's my favorite sci-fi universe, um, even more so than you know Star Wars or any of the others. Um, yeah, Mass Effect just yeah it deserved a spot on the top five hundred percent. Absolutely, and look I I agree. I agree with everything you said, and you know it, it, it may or may not feature on my list soon, and therefore I may or may not have more to say soon. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that you're, with the squad, something that you you know you said about you know um, you have a, a lot you know a bigger squad than before, but there's no there's almost like no wasted options. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not this... like it's just bigger for no reason. Like it's that's, not that's just right. there's more squad mates in the first game to 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 trumpet. It's literally yeah. just every single squad mate was planned and and pretty yeah. well executed in my opinion even the dlc squad mates um kasumi and, and zaid i think um yep yep both had i mean it's, I, i'd say zaid was slightly weaker than some of the other squad mates but it's still like both of them still had very um enjoyable 
uh, like side missions to go with them. Agreed. And you, you well, know, if I you don't like any of them, just yeah. you can just sure. leave them behind on the ship. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is there's so much con, like, so many other missions in this game. Yeah. That, you know, you can easily use each one. You know, a couple of times, um, even whilst maintaining your favorites. You know, in terms of using them more than once. Um, and I think you know the other thing is this is a game that really warrants multiple playthroughs. Um, but just again, just just to touch on those squad mates, I mean, this is one of the biggest things about Mass Effect. I mean, there's a great world. It's a, it's a good story, you know, everything else. But what really gets you is is that you, you start to care for these squad mates. Even if you don't, from the start, by the time you get to their loyalty mission, you might change your mind on them. You know, I know for me, there was a couple of characters in Mass Effect 2 that I wasn't so keen on from when we picked them up. Uh, but then after doing the loyalty mission, you know, like Jack, for example, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not so fussed about her at the beginning. And then you do her loyalty mission, you find out about her past and what's happened to her. And then suddenly you realize, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down with Jack, you know? Um, yeah. Well, Jake, I, I mean, Jacob the... as well, to be honest, he was quite yeah. boring until his yeah. loyalty mission. And then, you, you know, you, you know, so yeah, for me, um, I don't think I've played or really played a game where you true, like, again, I mentioned Gears of War earlier. This is potentially one of them, but where you, you truly care about these squad mates and it hurts you a little bit when they die, if they die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just think they're a little bit more than just squad mates as well. They often, you know, they provide you like a new lens to see the rest of the the rest of the in-game world with. So like each of, them, each of them has their own sort of view on the on the world and on other characters and other races and whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of leads you to, to see the world through characters in the world's eyes rather than like, you know, your your own. Um, I agree. I just, um, yeah, I think they're perfectly written. <laughs> and, and it's amazing that you say this. So, like, um, obviously, we've seen a spate of, of games like being turned into films or, or, or trying yeah. to, you know, b turn into TV shows or whatever. Um, and, you know, th this is one that most people will say you can't do because of the amount of choice that you have in Mass Effect. But it's almost one of those ones where it doesn't really matter whether you choose female Shepherd or male Shepherd or, or however you play it because the true sort of. I don't, not hero, but this, the true um, like characters are your squad mates rather than you. Yeah, rather than you. Yeah, you're yeah. you're basically just the glue that gets them together to do the mission. Like exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that that was definitely why it is it is my my third pick on this list. Okay. Top three. Top three. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so my my third pick would be you know we mentioned it already. Fable Lost Chapters. Yep. Um, specifically. Um, I mean, where do I start with this one? Um, I, I like basically this was for me the first real RPG, uh, with the exception of uh, briefly Final Fantasy VII, when I was probably a bit too young to appreciate what that was. But, but Fable was the real first real RPG that I was was playing and, and really got into. Um, you know, and in that sense, it's like a gateway RPG, like you know, marijuana is a, a gateway drug type thing. Um, it really set me down a path of going in, you know, deeper and deeper into RPGs, and, and you'll see the rest of my list, um, and that will all make sense. Um, but I, like I said before, it's one of those game worlds that you know might not be as big as Elder Scrolls or you know other games, but it felt just as alive, if not more so, in cases. And I, I think that again, the story was not like, exactly complicated, but it did exactly what it needed to. Um, you know, again, your character, you don't get to have a, a name apart from a title that you can either purchase or earn, you know, otherwise you're called hero or, you know, even when you're 66 and old, you get called boy by the guild master, um, you know, and farm boy by 
uh, whisper if you keep her alive, she still calls you farm boy. And, you know, there's, there's all these kinds of things. And, and, you know, it's one of those games that, I, okay, with the exception of, of, of a couple of other games, you know, on this particular list, there's not many games I've played through more times than, than this one. Um, yeah. or, or put more hours into than this one. I, I really feel um, personally that, that, you know, if it wasn't for this game, like my, my whole gaming sort of experience since would have been so different. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those games that, you know, even today, if you played it now, it's not, it's not too dated. Um, it still works now. Uh, it's, as I said, it's, it's pretty simple, it, but it does exactly what it does really well. And like, there was a rival at the time, for example, Oblivion, you know, Elder Scrolls uh, 4, I think 4, 4. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny, you know, I had a couple of friends at the time. I was a teenager and, and, you know, a couple of them said, oh, if you like, you know, Fable, then you'll absolutely love Oblivion. And they, they weren't wrong in the sense that when I played Oblivion, this was, it was amazing. It was, they did this massive thing right from the start. However, there were just times where it just felt a little bit more dead, even though it was much bigger in comparison to Fable. Um, like I said, there was something that I just used to love, even just standing still or doing like just messing around in like Bowerstone on Fable, just listening to the soundtrack and the background like ambient noise of people, which you know made it you just feel like you were like in this a bustling sort of London style medieval like city almost, um, which I just thought was really cool. Um, and then you can become mayor of that town as well, which was great too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just, yeah, there was a lot that I loved. The combat for the time as well, which I thought was really good. Um, being able to mix up sort of ranged attacks with, you know, spells or, you know, uh, like a bow and arrow or whatever. And then having like these, these amazing swords that you could sort of eventually get to where once you got to like the, towards the end, you, there were some enemies you could just swing down in one or two hits, which was just amazing. Um, yeah, it just ticked every box for me. Um, for me as well, one of my favorite like sort of quests or missions or levels of any game ever, which is the Bargate Prison, where where basically you're put in prison for a couple of years, and like you're stuck in there trying to think for how you're going to get out. In the meantime, you've got to do this race with the other inmates for like the warden's birthday. Um, and just just again, the the way they did that was just so cool. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, well, I just think the way that, that mission also ties into the systems that the game already put in place. So the fact that your character like physically ages over time. Um, yeah. So you know, you, you go into that prison like a, you know, however old you are, like forty years old. You come out at age forty-two, like visibly, visibly older. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just fantastic. It's again, it's I, I said it during my number four slot, but it's it's one of the, it's one of the few games where there's systems that have been in place there that should one hundred percent be. Uh, adapted to to more modern games and i just i have yet to see them pulled off yeah in the same in the same way yeah well it's just a shame i think on later games where they sort of over promised and maybe under delivered yeah. in terms of the promises um you know uh, it, it was a bit of a shame that it, it went that way um because they, they did have a real potential to to take this you know a long long way but you know whatever happened later nothing can take away from just in my opinion, just how well like t Lost Chapters especially were uh, or was. Yeah. Sorry, um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I I completely agree. Definitely, right. definitely deserving of a top five. Okay, so how about your your number two? Okay, my number two. Um, I think once you get to this point in the list, my my number one and number two. Um, 
I mean, my, my number two and everything before it in the list are fairly close. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave number one for now. But number two, I think, is um, as you were just talking about the Elder Scrolls, I, I decided to give this one to uh, the Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of undeniable the effect that Skyrim has had um, on the gaming world since it came out in uh, 2011. Um, yep. It's completely changed a lot of the a lot of the gaming landscape um you know some some for good some for bad but mostly for good i'd say um you know there's not much i could say about skyrim that people haven't already heard it's quite a um it's it's a very very popular game uh, everybody knew it would be on this list somewhere i think um yep. but a few things to talk about um you know the map just absolutely fantastic the the lore that the elder scrolls has been building since you know you Daggerfall and all those older games is, is absolutely amazing as well. Um, I think Skyrim does a really good job at at least, um, you know, making the story quite accessible. If you haven't played the older games, I have played Oblivion, um, you know, not all of it, but I've played quite a lot of Oblivion. Um, so, I, you know, I knew I knew a lot of the backstory already, but it's, you know, Skyrim, you can just jump in as a lot of people, Skyrim is, is their first game in the Elder Scrolls series, and it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like you need to have played the other ones to learn what's going on in Skyrim. It's definitely, you know, a, a separate title, even though it's part of a series. Yeah. Um, I think the, the magic system is, is probably the best I've seen in a, in uh, an RPG game. Like you can, I think the magic's probably my favorite part of the game, just swapping between the different spells and absolutely obliterating everybody without even, you know, drawing a sword. Um, that sort of leads me to the only downside of this game and probably the biggest reason why it's not on the number one slot. Um, and that is just the, the basic melee combat. I think that it's it's probably um, some of the weakest I've seen in, in recent years. It's very, yeah. um, I don't know, it's just not very impactful. There isn't really like, you know, you just sort of, you just sort of swing. Um, yeah. And I, I, it makes the game a lot more fun when you get... Um, when you just pick like a two-handed weapon and just swing once and they go down like instantly. But if you're using something smaller like a dagger or like a sword, you know, you, you'll swing a few times and they'll just keep walking. And it's, I don't know, it, it sort of brings you out of it a little bit in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, I by think... no means does it, does it completely ruin the game for me. Uh, yeah. But I can definitely see that as the weakest point. Yeah, I think that was a sticking point for me. And, and you'll see it won't be on my list at all. Um, and one of the reasons being that, you know, for me, it, I, I don't see, you know, I, I don't think it does necessarily detract from the game overall, but when, you know, when you're in a, a say a melee combat situation and, you know, you don't see opponents stagger, for example, or enemies stagger when you hit them with like this big blow that's taken out half of their health in once, but they're still just swinging at you. It's, it's sometimes a bit frustrating. Um, and I, I think as a sort of combat mechanism, they haven't really updated it. For quite a long time no so, they haven't it's um, the same as it's been since like morrowind pretty much or, pretty or much earlier. yeah <laughs> yeah also it was exactly the same one as in oblivion and this is the other thing is, is in both games for example you know you could go to first person or third person yeah um and i, I think that that actually like like um first person is probably the best way to experience those games for a couple of reasons the first one being um you know like like this is more oblivion and skyrim for me but like it's just the, the graphic of, of, of your character, like riding a horse in third person, just looks weird. It looks it weird. Does, yeah. it, it, it wasn't, you know, worked out well. And also, I think it makes the combat a little bit better doing it in first person as well. Um, so, like, for, for me, like, you know, we're obviously a couple of Norse characters. So there's a reason why our lists are so filled with Norse 
like <laughs> yeah it's like gotta walk um, on top five i'd say yeah with, with, without without a doubt um you know um but i think you know i can see skyrim i can see why skyrim's up there it's no doubt its effect on the industry is is lasting even to now um you know there's there's a game uh that, that I, i'm basically i'm about to mention as my number two um and it's actually a game that a lot of people mention in the same breath as skyrim um yeah and that that goes a long long way um you know i think to saying what what skyrim's sort of influence has been um and and you know with that segue um my number two is the witcher three um yeah. and I'll, I'll get onto the Witcher Three in a second. I just want to say one last thing about Skyrim is that, um, you know, when, when that game came out, <clears throat> it was the first time I'd, I'd actually seen in my life people that were basically I would call them like FIFA, GTA, Call of Duty players only. So not hardcore gamers, but 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 you know ones that would would play those kinds of games were st- were buying Skyrim and talking about Skyrim, and it was amazing to see you know RPGs getting such a that mainstream attention basically it, it was yeah. it was really great to see and you know i think that it's been a long time since you know that they, they sort of stuffed up a few things since then with elder scrolls online not going perfectly and you know a few other things um, just to, just to mention yes. a few things yeah but i think that every, every, everybody nobody wants them like to fail or to keep doing nah. this everybody everybody wants a great follow-up that's what we want um, yeah, and with the Elder Scrolls uh, Six announced, I think a lot of people are getting nervous after what Bethesda have been pulling recently. So hopefully they they return to form. Yeah, so yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, so fingers crossed that they they do. Um, anyway, so The Witcher Three is my number two pick um, for a few reasons. Um, it was sort of chance that I came onto this series at all. Um, like I'm not like I didn't know much about like Polish law for example, um, and, and tradition. I, I didn't know about the books as most people wouldn't have done in the West, you know, in the English speaking world um, beforehand. Um, and I got onto The Witcher 2 because it had, you know, ported onto Xbox 360 and basically ended up playing it and, and absolutely loving it. I, I just was completely immersed in this sort of slightly more linear RPG style game. And so when when the way it ended, you knew there was going to be a third one. You you knew it. Um, I was you know I was looking forward to it f- for what three four years until it did come out. Um, eventually, I got it, and it was so much more advanced in terms of leveling up and and map and and everything than The Witcher Two. Um, and I I did I did struggle with it at first. Um, Maybe I didn't put in the right time or there's something that was missing. Um, I knew it was going to be amazing, but I had to put it down for a while. And then when I came back to it, you know, I really, like, I really started to see how amazing it truly was. Um, you know, graphically, uh, it's a game that came out three years ago now, four years ago almost. And it's still as, almost as good as anything that's coming out now. Um, combat wise, I think as a lot of people criticize the combat, but I don't. I don't see a problem with it. I think it's amazing combat. Um, you know, it does exactly what it needs to do. Um, the way you mix up these like signs or otherwise, you know, sort of magic, if you like, um, and you know, the melee combat, um, the way you sort of prepare for some monsters, for example, by using different potions or oils or whatever you want to do, um, is, is really well done. Um, as a story, it's, 
it like it's really great and it's really simple at the same time like it's not it's not this sort of interwoven you know although there is politics in, in this world it's not like an interwoven complex layer of narrative it's just like your adoptive daughter is being chased by these like really fucking evil i don't know if we're swearing maybe I have to cut that out um but these really evil like elves um and you've got to try and first of all find her before they do and then once you do that you've you know you've got to try and protect her from them um which is, which is you know really really good um and they, they they put a little bit of politics in there but you know it's not enough to detract from the main arc of the story it's just sort of extra to flesh it out and another one where the soundtrack is fantastic. I mean, one of my favorite soundtrack, you know, if you like tracks or, or, or whatever of, of any game ever is, the, you know, the, the music in with the, like the, the uh, crones of Crookback Bog. Yeah, the Witcher 3 um, soundtrack is incredible. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it successfully does what it needs to do, which is creep you out, this, this particular part. And, yeah. you know, I have to say, I've, I've, I've listened to it again you know, without playing the game and it's still just as creepy. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and then, you know, in terms of choices, like these feel like they're mostly choices that do affect things, you know, whether you are, you know, a, a good in certain situations, whether you just want like your money for doing stuff without caring about the person's situation and this, that and the other, like it really does change like where you get to in the end. Like for me, for example, like I, I killed Letho in the second game, which is this other Witcher. And so I, I had one less person to help in a, in a mission later on in the game, um, you know, where it would have been really great to have had somebody of his stature to be able to help in that fight. So, you know, you really do feel the effects of it. And I think that, you know, for that reason, you know, I, it would have made number one, but for the one that's at number one um, for me, um, I, I just think it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and then the two, just to top it all off, the two DLCs, um, this Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine gives you an extra 20 to 30 hours plus, um, you know, each, which, which is really what DLC should be about, in my opinion. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think that there's some of the few that they don't just, you know, they, they're not just DLCs for the sake of it. They're, they're obviously planned plot lines. Like, for example, the, the Hearts of Stone, um, the, the main sort of, I guess, antagonist of that, um, of that DLC, um, you meet him in the base game right near the start and he's just one of the few he, he's kind of a negligible character at that point you you know he sort of just gives you some advice and leaves um nothing really suspicious but then you know you see him later on in the dlc and it's like yeah okay this guy was you know they they had a plan they had a plan to do with this guy and it's it's interesting yeah and look i've seen some videos from some other youtubers that have actually highlighted you know like each scene that, that this guy shows up in because you know, it's more than just that one from the start apparently as really well. But it's one of those things that each time you're not going to notice it unless you're looking for it and yeah. have done this DLC. So it's one of those games that then encourages, you know, game, a new, new game plus yeah. or a new playthrough from the start. And it's amazing that when you start doing that, what you actually see. And yeah, he, he showed up in several situations in the past, uh, usually just hanging around, not quite in the foreground of those situations. Right. I didn't even know that. I just knew that he was in that like first scene in the, um, in like the white orchid, like in, um, yeah, I I didn't realize he he showed up again. That's that's quite that's quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 really well tied in, and you know this is a game that obviously everyone wants to see. Uh, this is the other thing, just to like you know just to sort of you know for me to wrap up in terms of what I want to say about The Witcher is this actually sent me to other 
mediums and you know i've now that the the original polish books have been translated i'm actually reading through the books as well and absolutely loving this world yeah um you know now to me it feels like this world where okay it helps that i'm reading the books and i've got now my image of what some of these characters look like from from the games which may be different to the books but you know i've still got what looks like in my head um but it's 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 now it's like a world that to me feels as well fleshed out if not better than some of the uh, you know great sort of even fantasy worlds that we've had in terms of films and books in the past you know i'm talking you know i'm not saying that the guy is a better writer than tolkien for example for lord of the rings but we're talking about a world that you know could be somewhere not far off um we're talking a world that is as fleshed out as say the harry potter universe um you know and and, and for me to have that enjoyment from just the, the, this game and and these well, particularly these two i never played the first um but you know, from these two and specifically this one to go into then, you know, reading these 12 or whatever books it is, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really pleased. And, you know, it's an, it's an amazingly influential game um, or game series for me, um, without a doubt. I love it. Yeah, I, I can't disagree at all. I think it's one of, <laughs> as, as you'll see uh, in a moment, um, if we move on to the number ones, my number one is, is the same game that we've just been talking about, which are three. Um, it's it's undeniable the effect it's had. Um, you know, Skyrim is is one of the games that was um, you know on my number two slot for for many like many reasons brought it back. Whereas I think The Witcher Three kind of just fixes everything that I had problems with in Skyrim and just keeps going. Um, yep. Like Skyrim sort of set a bar, and then The Witcher just kind of knocked that bar all the way up like double. It's there's a huge gap I think between between my number two and and my number one here. Um, yeah, which three? Pretty much every system is, you know, it's it's in depth enough that you know by the end of the game you'll have learnt it and you feel like you have a good understanding of it. But it's not so complicated that you know by the end of the game you, you never understand how to, you know, how how to how to mutate your your Witcher genes or whatever, or how to how to get the most out of your damage, or or you know how to spec your your class so that you can be doing more damage with certain signs. It's it's very easy to understand, but slightly more difficult to master. But it's not overly complicated. Um, I think the same can be said for every system in the game. So you know, including like the ability to just look into the the bestiary after you've killed a certain type of monster and see what it's weak to. Um, you know, a little description on what sort of stuff it does, where you might be able to find them. Um, it it just lets you sink yourself into the lore of of the world that it's created. You can you can really just you know follow a, a like a, a Witcher contract from a from a small town, and just as soon as you have a little bit of a guess as to what the what the monster might be, you can hop into your bestiary and just read a few entries on on what its weaknesses are, and you can you can plan ahead. You can get oil for your your silver sword. You can you know swap to the sign that you might need, whatever it happens to be. I just it just really lets you sink into the game's world and I, I genuinely just cannot see this game not making number one on my list personally. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I can agree with that too. And I think, you know, um something that I didn't mention before um when talking about it was something about when you get the the you know improved level or or or, or improved armor or, or you know a, a higher ranked weapon for example, and then when you go into your sort of your next quest or your next little battle and you feel that little bit, you know, more of a, of a you know, a boss, um, for example, like now I've just got a sword that's worth 20 more, you know, like uh, damage points. So 
you know, okay, next time you're like, okay, bring it on. Who, who wants some? Um, and it just gives you that feeling really, really well. Um, which is something that I quite like. There's a lot of RPGs out there, or, or not just RPGs, but there's a lot of games in general out there that you sort of stay with the same weapons. And, you you know, like, for example, um, even God of War, love that game, but it's the same weapon, you know, all the way through. You're just upgrading the same weapon. And whilst that's great, you know, you, you it's not like getting this whole new weapon and feeling like, wow, like I've... Yeah, know. it's just the same two, like the axe and the, the chains, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm 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 absolutely fine with that. And you can still upgrade those, and it still gives you a bit of that feeling of going, okay, what's next? But you know that with God of War, for example, the reason why you're upgrading is because the next thing you're taking on is going to be bigger. Um, whereas, like with The Witcher, obviously sometimes it's like you're going to be taking on some of the same monsters, but instead of taking you ten minutes of rolling around and you know maybe even dying once or twice, you're just going to be able to sort of cut through them a bit easier, um, which I really like. But also you know, something that we didn't mention so far is the landscape and how different, like, each area is that they've got. Yeah, going um, from, like, the swamp to, like, the, yeah. the Norse, like, Skellige Isle, um, Islands. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, so Norse, Norse the... slash Celtic, really. Um, yeah, yeah, are. that was both, yeah. Yeah, which which I really like. So, obviously, the, the English sort of voice actors are mostly from, like, Ireland um, yeah. to give that sort of more Celtic feel. But basically, it's more of like that Viking slash Norse style, um, and and you know, and as such, like some of the lore from there is a bit different, you know, to some of the lore on say the mainland, um, you know. But going from Novigrad even to like Tucson and Beauclair, like how different they look. Yeah, um, just the different and, cultures, like yeah, you know, between the Northern Realms and like the the North Guardians or whatever. Um, it's just yeah, it's the the world just feels really like alive. I guess um, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, so this is one of the few games, there's games, you know, up there that obviously throughout series where they sort of bring back characters from previously, you know, previous games or even previous sort of uh, canon, say fan fiction or non-game like fiction or media. Um, and like The Witcher 3 does this, I think, perfectly where, you know, you can still like, for example, um, you know, the character of Dijkstra, um, yeah. where, you know, you, you, you kind of you know him from before but you can still learn so much about him if you've never played or read or watched anything about the witcher before all from within the witcher 3 um it's just it again yeah they really flesh out those those side characters and that sort of you know underlying levels of politics um you know between you know obviously the the war between the south and the north um it's really well done and you know let's be let's be real like King Radovid, for example, whatever you choose to do with him, like he's obviously gone crazy and, and set up these witch hunters. And it's like this, again, this really good le extra layer of, I mean, how many fantasy games have we seen where there's someone that, you know, it's where someone that's a leader of humans hates anyone that does magic or non-human, like non-humans. Yeah. Like it's, it's been done, done and done, but it feels fresh and new the way they've done it with King Radovid and yeah. his witch hunters. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just think as a last point on The Witcher, because we've talked about it for a little while now, but as a, as a final uh, about, point, About I think, 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just as a final point to sort of round it off as my number one, um, it's the fact that, you know, it, it came out in, what was it, 2015, 2016? 2015, yeah. 2015, yeah, and it still, to this day, has kept the bar at its height. Like, nothing has actually overtaken it, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people will agree. It's, it's probably still the best RPG so far, and it's it's you know it's it's a good four years old now so yeah so, yeah so like I I can't like I don't 
out and out disagree with that because it's number two on my list. But, you know, I guess to, to sort of follow on from that, um, my number one is Mass Effect 2. I also picked two as the best of the oh, series. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why I think Mass Effect 2 is a better RPG um, is because how many RPGs are set in a sci-fi setting? Very few. Very few. And how many of those that are set in a sci-fi setting are actually really good? <laughs> Probably even fewer, yeah. Yeah. And, and then not only that, but how many of them tie into like, such a big scale um, like story um, and give you choices that, for example, and I know I'm speaking about Mass Effect 2 in particular, and the reason why is you can't take, like, like with some of the other games we mentioned, you can't take this game out of the context of the series as well. Or you can, you can play it by itself, and it's still a great game, obviously. But don't, like, what I'm saying is you, you, you need the context of the series as well. Yeah, to it's add part to of this. a trilogy, it's not. Yeah, yeah. and, and in, like, in this trilogy, you can make a choice in the first game that then comes back to either be you know good for you or bite you on the ass in the third game, you know? Yeah. For example, like, if you're nice... Uh, there's a character in the third one um, called General Oraka, who's a, like a Turian, which is one of the alien species. He's a Turian, like, general. And he was... When you first meet him in the first game, in, uh, like, Cora's Den, like a little sort of seedy nightclub bar thing, and he's, like, he basically... He's sort of coming to retirement. He's disillusioned with everything. And he's becoming a bit of an alcoholic. And you sort of have to kick him into gear to get him back, you know, to work for CSEC, which is like the police for the Citadel. And, like, depending on how you've gone about that, you then meet him again in the third game. And he's sort of blocking, like, arms trade for one of Arya's, like, gang men or whatever. And so you've got to try and convince him to either drop that or potentially even just sanction his 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 murder um and if you did like right by him in the first game it's a lot easier to convince him in the third game just to you know forget about it and move on so you can keep him alive and get what you want but if you didn't if you were a bit of a dick to him in the first one he he doesn't play ball and basically the only way to really get what you want is either to go to this really hard mission or to basically just allow him to be killed so, like, there's these really great little tie-ins that it, you don't think of, of it as much in, say, the first one, but it really does affect you come the third game. And, you know, in Mass Effect 2, for example, which I think is the best in the series in terms of the combat they really, in my opinion, fixed up. Um, like, Mass Effect 3's combat's good too, um, but Mass Effect 2 was when they really incorporated, like, the like, it was ammo as opposed to overheating. There was cover system, um, which was actually pretty good overall. Um, you know, there was, there was um, as you said before, there was a bigger squad, a squad that you really cared about. Um, you, you, you know, you were on the Normandy. You had this great concept of, like, this suicide mission, you know, into this part of space that no one's ever gone to, let alone come back from, um, which is really cool. And you can see the inspiration that the Mass Effect trilogy has from other series. Um, yeah. So... You know, it's, it's another thing that really opened me up to other sort of sci-fis that I'd not yet sort of watched or read, like, you know, the series Firefly, for example, um, which is, uh, you know, one season and a movie because um, the, the TV series got cancelled because it, it just didn't quite have the viewership, but it was amazing. Um, and, you know, you've got this concept of, like, the collector's home world with all this, like, debris from ships and whatnot. And it, that actually is a feature from Firefly that that comes up. Um, you know, so there's a lot of influence that it has from others. But that actually enhances it. Um, and they've come up with this completely unique world 
I just think the second one is the best in the, in the series for so many reasons. Um, and I think for me, it's probably the most fun and enjoyable RPG game to play, like full stop, in my opinion. Um, so I don't think it takes much in terms of leveling up. It's a really simple system, but it works. Um, you know, and, and yeah, as I said, they've done it in a way that nobody else ever has in terms of a sci-fi setting. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Obviously, it's not my number one, but it, it definitely made top three for me. So obviously, like the effect has has still uh, still resonated with me. Uh, and there's just so many good things to say about about this game. Like it's it's basically impossible to cover it in a video, you know, about five other games as well. Of course. Um, well, well, we do have uh, we do have some videos coming up on this series in general. Um, yeah. For anyone. Uh, for anyone that's this 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 watching, we've got a couple of videos that we're, we'll be doing soon. Um, so keep an eye open for that. Um, so we'll be able to go more in depth into the world and to the law and everything else. Um, but just as as my kind of I guess my final one of my final points is that one of the reasons why, for example, Halo didn't make this list is because for me, Mass Effect ruined Halo for me. Um, and what I mean by that is that Halo is this really good, you know, obviously series of games set in, in, in this sort of space setting um, as a shooting game. Um, but for me, it was like Mass Effect took a sort of similar concept, but turned it into an RPG and really ran with it. And it's like, if you want a good, sh just a shooting game that's set in space, this look, look, looks good, Halo's your one. If you want a game that's a shooting game, but also is an RPG and a well fleshed out world and gives you freedom and, and, you know, great characters and great dialogue options and kind of everything as well as being a shooting game, then Mass Effect is the, the game to go for. Yeah, I think, I think Mass Effect's probably the best example of, of a sci-fi universe done, right? And yeah, that there, there's, there's very little more to say about it. It's yeah, I, I, I agree with your, with your, um, with your pick as it, um, putting it as it as the number one. Um, I had a couple games, obviously above it, that were a bit more influential to me specifically, but I definitely still made that top three. Like, there's no denying. Well, I guess on that, I mean, if we've got a couple more minutes, um, you know, maybe we can do a couple of honourable mentions. Um, so, sort of, because I can see there might be people watching this tearing their hair out and, and prepared to go into yeah, the comments I mean, and going, <laughs> "Why didn't you put this in? Like, I can't believe you'd put this in." I mean, let's first of all clarify that it is our favorite. We're not saying it's the best, but if we yeah. were to one day come back and say what are our top five best games of all time, it this might look a little bit different. different yeah. um, I mean, they might still have some of the same entries. It'd be very um, similar, I think, yeah. But, but there will be some differences. Um, and, you know, if we ever did that, that video, which I'm sure we will at some point, we'll, we'll sort of really go through what our criteria were. But I guess when we say favorite, what we mean is, you know, which games, like, did we sort of get the most out of, play the most ourselves? Which games, um, you know, sort of influenced us the most? And, and that's sort of what's really affected these picks. Um, you know, one, one of the th reasons why I've got, say, Mass Effect 2 as number one, as opposed to, say, number three or number two even, is because at, at, the, at the time of recording, um, there's only, that, in terms of this generation, no, it's not this generation anymore, but in terms of these last couple of generations, there's no other game that I've played through more times than this game. You know, in, in terms of doing it differently every time and having fun with doing it differently every time. And even when I play through it, having sort of four different save files so that I can try one bit in a conversation and if I didn't like the way it came out, I'll then reload the, other, the, you know, the, the save file and then do it differently. 
Um, there's, there's no game that I've had more satisfaction with playing through that way, really, um, more than this one at this point. Now, Witcher 3, for example, might become that way because I've only played through it once, um, at, at, as, as, again, at the time of recording. So there's every chance that I'll do it again. And, you know, if we were to make this list in a couple of years, maybe there's different things in there. But it's at the time of recording, you know, that's my favorite game. Um, but let's do some honorable mentions. If you've got a couple that maybe you would think really um, maybe we can appease some people in the comment section and, and give us some honorable mentions. Um, yeah. Okay. So like first, I guess we'll start with any that, any that you might have, cause you've, you've got a bit more of a, um, of a background, I suppose, a bit more, a bit more time behind you, um, to, to add some. So <laughs> you're trying to call me a bit long in the tooth. Yeah. A little bit, just, just a little. Well, um, all right. So I've, I've sort of alluded to a couple from, from, uh, from earlier. I mean, like I mentioned that Tomb Raider was very, very close to being my number four pick. Yeah. Um, and that's the original one. And, and again, I, I think that it was, again, it was a game that changed the face of, of games. Um, you know, they, they, it was just, yeah, it, it was so iconic um, that they're still making movies and new games of it today. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people might say that, for example, the, the Drake series, the Uncharted series is one of their favorites. And that wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Tomb Raider as well. That's another one. So uh, in terms of sort of rainy days, um, you know, rainy weekends, trying to work out how to get out of a particular crypt, you know, uh, whilst random gorillas like coming at you. Like it's, it's it's fantastic. It's really really good. Um, so that's that's that was so close to being on my list. Um, I mean, I've got a few others that I can talk about. I mean, I mentioned briefly as well the sort of Abe the Oddworld uh, games from PS One as well. That was that was they were really uh, influential to me when I was young. Um, and I guess sticking with that era, which was a little bit before you in terms of PS One era. I mean, I can mention Disney's Hercules as as, as one that was. Classic. And yeah, I, I would play this game so much. Um, it was one of my favorite, if not maybe after Toy Story. Uh, it, Hercules was probably my favorite night up and Lion King, let's be real. Um, it's probably my yeah. favorite 90s um, Disney sort of movie. Um, I really loved it at the time. Um, I think I was seven years old when it came out. And, you know, the game came out at the same time, more or less. And it was a perfect movie tie-in for me. Um, and then I guess going away from that first series, but staying with movie tie-ins and Spider-Man 2, um, you know, it, it, it's actually something that anyone that knows me, and as you continue to go through this channel, you'll see um, the fact that I had a top five favorite games and no Spider-Man game got put on that list says about, for me, how hard I had to think about this because, you know, Spider-Man is, is, he's my guy. And, you know, I thought Spider-Man 2 was, you know, of all the Spider-Man games, that was, the, again, the game changer to, to be the first ones to do open world um you know it really changed a lot of things for me and it came out at a time where i still wasn't allowed to play you know grand theft auto games so it was kind of you know that was my grand theft auto at the time the basically thing, yeah yeah it really was um so that's you know that's something that i'd say and from that same time roughly tech and tag tournament the first one has to be yeah. an honorable mention um, yeah, Tekken, Tekken series as a whole is, is definitely an honorable mention for me. I like, I guess, seven and Tekken Tag two are like the two that I've played the most. But yeah, they, like they didn't quite make the list, but they're definitely like if there was a top five like fighting games, one hundred percent Tekken seven at the top. Spoiler yeah. if I ever do that list. Uh, well, I mean, for me, like tag tournaments in there. I mean, the first, the one that really got me onto it was Tekken two. Um, I had that one. I played it a lot absolutely adored it it's still to this day i've got it on the, my ps3 
um, and, and, you know, have played it every now and then. Um, but the original Tekken Tag Tournament, I think, is the most fun. It was the first time they just brought together basically all the characters that they'd done. It was obviously given as non-canon, so it gave them an excuse just to put everybody in. Um, and, you know, it was obviously... It was pretty much the first game that came out when PS2 came out as well. So it was like a, a new generation thing in terms of graphics and power. It was on another level to what we'd seen before with the PS1. Um, and it was the introduction, of course, of one of my favorite game modes of all time, which is Tekken Bowl. Uh, that even made it into Tekken 7, I think you saw. But yeah, it's still, it's still around today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I don't want to go over overdo um, honorable mentions, so I'll, yeah. I'll quickly fly through maybe three or four more. Just as yeah, I, I've got a few as well, and then yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll let you sort of say yours. So I'll say the original Assassin's Creed game. Um, that yeah, would be that my pick from the series, well. not necessarily because it was the best one of the series, um, because I think probably two or maybe even Brotherhood, for example, might have been technically better games, but yeah. the first one for being. Um, for taking something onto a new, a completely new dimension for, you know, it was just, again, we, I know there was Prince of Persia before that, and it was obviously made by the same people and heavily influenced, but it again, it took that ball and ran with it. Um, and I, I absolutely adored this game and even graphically at the time, it was like nothing else we'd seen. Um, and that in terms of game year, I mean, like the original Gears of War, which was on my list came out in that same year. And that was actually not long after the Xbox 360 came out. And uh, up to that point at home, I mean, we had a PS2 and we had an Xbox uh, of that same previous generation. And one of the things that settled whether we were going to get a PS3 at the time or an Xbox 360 was those two games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like two very, very uh, iconic, influential games. And then it's kind of going on from that. Um, like I have to say, like obviously, Grand Theft Auto, I mean, pick one, doesn't matter which one, to be honest it deserves a mention because of play, you know, just play value. Um, I couldn't put it in my top five. It just, it wouldn't get in my top five, but it does deserve a mention um, because I've poured some serious hours into that game over the years. And some of the games that you can sort of like, you know, that you can play um, within that in terms of like, I remember GTA four um, with my friends, we would actually set like a marker on the other side of the Island. And we would basically say that you had to like go in as straight a line as possible to that marker without go turning more than like basically 60 degrees each way. So basically as straight as possible, whether that means you have to try and find a way up and over a building or not, it doesn't matter. Um, and if anyone sort of walked in front of you, like directly in front of you or hit you with a car, you had to kill them. But you had to basically still do all of that and try and get to the marker without basically even being killed by the police or somebody else. And it was much harder than it sounds. You know, little in-games like that is something that GTA games really brought to the table like not many other games have been able to. Um, and then I think my final, like, honourable mention, um, just to bring us in a little bit, is probably The Last of Us. Um, just, just because in terms of, like, a storytelling game, like, there hadn't been many before that that did what they did well. It was a zombie game, but they didn't really overdo the zombies. Um, and it was a really good mix of sort of problem solving to get to places and sort of a bit of stealth and, as I said, a, a really great story. So, yeah, those are my honourable mentions, I think. Yeah, I, I can agree with all of those. I'll quickly, I'll quickly run through mine just because um, I think the, the video is getting fairly long now. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so the first one that I was, I was seriously considering swapping out for the number five slot was just any of the, the Dark Souls games um, or Bloodborne, mm -hmm. just any of the Souls series. Um, okay. 
personally, like I, I just as you know, as since they didn't make it to my top five, that's that's um, got to speak for itself. But the reason why it didn't is just because um, while the games themselves are good, um, I think the main reason why they get a mention is just the fact that like the influence that they've had on more recent games. Um, a lot of people are equating games to you know being like a like Dark Souls or you know Souls like. Like it's basically spawned a genre of its own. Yeah. Um, which is basically like you know the hardcore like type games um, that, are, that are meant to be difficult. Um, so I just think yeah, simply because of the fact that they've almost spawned their own entire genre, um, they they deserve a mention. Um, yeah. The next one um, kind of touched on by you, but like the Assassin's Creed um, original game and maybe two as well. I think um, absolutely deserve a mention. I don't think they really deserve a top five. I think they definitely make a top ten though. Like I. I I'm not sure if anything would beat them out. They definitely, um, they definitely had a big influence. Obviously, the series has declined uh, immensely in recent years, but um, those original games were absolutely fantastic. So I, I can't really, can't really deny yeah. their place. Um, yeah. Next one, um, sort of similar to Mass Effect, but um, it's the Knights of the Old Republic game, both one yep. and two. Uh, yeah. Very similar mechanics to Mass Effect. Um, very similar sort of squad system. Just the only real difference is you're you're a Jedi instead of a you know like a character in the Mass Effect universe. Um, yeah. I think anybody who's a Star Wars fan, if you haven't played these games, like play them. They're fans. And I think even if you're not a particular Star Wars fan, um, it's a story that's not really like it's set in the same universe, if basically, but it's not with the same characters and. That no, sort. it's yeah, it's yeah. it's so, yeah. So even if you if you're not a Star Wars fan, but you don't mind the concept of you know the Force and instead of swords, lightsabers, for example, you like, but you know, you don't want it to be Star Wars, then I think that, yeah, that is a game that's, that's well yeah. worth, well yeah, worth it. I completely agree. Um, my next one, just as a quick run through, obviously, um, Grand Theft Auto, specifically five, um, I'd say, mm -hmm. just because of the amount of time I've sunk into it, both um, offline and also online, just like with friends doing shit. Um, it's it's just one of those games where even once you finish the story, it's it's really easy to just hop in and just play the game. Like you can there's just there's so no much. end to this game, basically. Yeah, like That's, you can yeah. do a lot of things. Um, I don't think GTA really deserves a top five, or even I'm not sure even if if it'd even make a top ten for me. But oh, it's just yeah. one of those games that deserves a mention, I think, because of the amount of hours I put into it. Um, yeah. Um, and then the final one, which I'll talk about a little bit more, is. Um, Nino Kuni, both one and two. Um, specifically for me, I, I really enjoyed both of them. Um, the yeah. Ghibli sort of art style with the, um, I think it's Level 5 Studio, I think is the, the developer, just awesome. perfectly blended it into into the sort of game world, um, yeah. mixing between sort of playing the game and then cutscenes that are in that like Ghibli anime sort of style. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed the story, the characters, just everything about it. It's a fantastic game. I think it would definitely make my top 10 but it didn't quite make the top five yeah um, and the second game was also really good as well yeah yeah look i, I never played the second one but the first one I, I did and it was it was fantastic um it really you know you could you could really feel like it wasn't it, it wasn't just like a, an offshoot of of like that sort of film studio it was that film studio really working on making a great game yeah. And it's it was almost like for me, it's one that you add to the collection from that film studio. So it's like, you know, you have all the movies and then you have this game which tells its own story that is just as, you know, just as much a part of that, you know, studio collection as the, the you know, the movies are. 
Um, and so with that in mind, you know, for me, yeah, one of my absolute favorites as well, uh, didn't make the list because it's really hard to fit something in there, but yeah, it's, yeah. And so yeah. once you get to those, those top fives, it's, it's a really like competitive spot for me. I find it like, <laughs> I, I definitely put some thought into it and it, it doesn't quite make the top five for me, but yeah, it's, it's still definitely deserving of a mention. Absolutely. So there's actually, I don't want to labor the point. There's actually one that I didn't mention that I really should think that this studio deserves a mention before anyone goes nuts. And that's, I want to say heavy rain, just get that out there. Quantic, they make amazing pieces of art. Um, the only reason why it wouldn't make my top five, it might make my top 10, but the only reason why it wouldn't make my top five, um, again, is because of competition and also because um, it's, it's not a game that's about gameplay as, as really about being this, 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 you know, um, a different way of telling a story. Um, and that's probably why it wouldn't make my top five, but absolutely fantastic. And Quantic really do deserve a mention. So yeah, I just wanted to get that one in. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I, I completely agree with that. That's fine. That's fine. And that's, that's basically the end of my honorable mentions. There's a lot I could go through. Um, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, you know, I'll leave it. At, I'll leave it at that. Really, that's yeah. that's a that's a decent amount of, of honourable mentions that deserve Great. at least a a, a name. <laughs> well, if, if if anyone's still with us in terms of viewers or listeners, um, we thank you for for sticking around for so long during this. Um, we really wanted to. First of all, we said to each other that we'd make you know really good meaty content as opposed to just quick clickbait content. So we hope that we've done that, even though it was a list. Um, we also, I guess, wanted to. Um, it, you do this video as a way to sort of for, for you guys to understand where uh, you know we're coming from in terms of our gaming sort of backgrounds and 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 likes and what in, has influence over us so that you can maybe take that context into further videos that we do um but if you want any other you know more in-depth meaty content keep an eye on our channel um if you disagree with things that we said and think we're absolutely crazy please just let us know in the comments um and otherwise yeah, i'd love to see other people's lists and, and sort of compare them to mine and just see what what influence other people but yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i mean let us know what your top five favorite games and these are not best games you know these are your favorite games these are the games that have influenced you the most um and shaped the way you then played and bought games in you know after that so yeah let us know um and you know if there's any sort of video content that you want us to create as well um, you know, please let us know as well, and we'll, we'll have we'll be uh, you know we'll love to look into that and see what we can do for you. Otherwise, the next video that we think will be coming out is uh, is a retrospective, not so retrospective, but a sort of a look back on on Mass Effect Andromeda, and and how it sits with us now. Now that there's a bit more time removed from the initial, um, you know, uh, feelings, and yeah, we we'll be looking forward to your you know seeing you on that on that one. Yep. Thank you for watching. Uh, until listening. next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.